let's face it, romantic relationships tend to consume much of our collective emotional energy. Sometimes we don't know where to find the answers. I mean, heck, often I don't even know the questions. Why is it important for women to support other women? <laughs> because it's what the guys do. A couple of years ago, I launched Pink Wisdom in my living room here in New York City. The best relationship advice I ever received was actually when I was married. I am happily divorced now. To create a space for lovelorn women to discuss relationships, love, sex, breakups. How do men respond to strong women and how does it affect? How do you get your self-esteem and your confidence back? Um, all that good stuff. I would bring in these incredible relationship experts to answer questions and offer advice based on their experiences. One of the best pieces of advice that I have ever received is actually from my mom. After you have been dumped, the best way to get your self-esteem back is to fall in love with your own life. So not only do I get to ask these experts the questions that you would be asking them if you were to meet them in person, I get to pass on all their well-earned words of wisdom to you. I am enough. I am worthy of love. Hey guys, it's Allison Chase. Welcome to another episode of Pink Wisdom. So this summer during COVID, we got really creative and we actually filmed a documentary. We interviewed 25 women around the world in their native tongue about overcoming self-doubt and resilience and all those wonderful themes that we'd like to talk about here at Pink Wisdom. One of the women that we interviewed, uh, we were so Oh, gosh, honored and privileged to speak with her. And that is Austin Channing Brown. Now, you probably already know who she is, but obviously she's an author, speaker. Her, she's a media producer herself. She's a racial justice powerhouse. And she is all about making your own opportunities and turning no's into yeses, which is like totally the Pink Wisdom vibe. So Austin lives in Metro Detroit with her husband and her son. And it was really fun to see her living space over Zoom when we filmed the documentary this summer. And while we can't take you there visually in this podcast, uh, we know that when you hear Austin speak, you'll get a sense of how warm and loving and gifted this woman really is. How do you personally overcome self-doubt? Overcoming self-doubt has been a lifelong process. As a woman in the States, I am Black and often doubted, even after I enter the room. Um, people often don't believe me or have questions about my credibility or my credentials or what I could possibly bring to a topic. And so I have had to do a lot of inner work first to know that I'm validated before I even walk in the room. One of the things that I love doing is the sort of the power pose that they tell you to do as a woman. So this is like the Superman pose. And what I actually love doing because I'm a black woman is like the gangster pose, which is like, I'm hard. I'm here. What you want. But I think it's just helpful to remind yourself who you are before you even walk into the room to remind yourself that you are powerful and that you are gifted and that you have something special to bring to the table. How do we get unstuck? One of the times when I felt the most stuck in my life was when I had been fired from a job, not my best moment, and I really wanted to write a book about what it was like to be a Black American woman who is navigating a light of white American spaces and I pitched my book to an editor and she said, Austin, this is really well written, but nobody's going to read a memoir because nobody knows who you are. And I was 
devastated. I had been working on this book in my head for years while I was at a job where I just didn't feel like I belonged. And when she told me that nobody would read it, I wasn't sure what to do and what it would look like for me to have a writing career. And so I went back to my blog, which I had been doing for about two years and did it for another two years. And four years later was invited to do a book deal. And so what I learned in that moment was that I had to keep going with the resources that were available to me. I didn't have an editor available to me. I didn't have a publishing house who wanted me. No one was giving me a contract, but I did have the internet. And on the internet, I could create my own website with my own blog and still get my voice out there. And so my encouragement to you today is that you use whatever resources you do have. In what ways can you bypass the system? In what ways do you not need permission? In what ways can you take control of your own life and decide this is who I am, regardless of whether someone pays me to do it or not? Do you think everyone has something to offer? With my whole heart, I believe that everyone has something to offer the world. And so often when we think about what it is we're going to offer, we think about it in terms of tangible items, right? So what can I go make, make a film? Can I go build a building? Can I go, right? That, that, that our legacy is what our hands can create. But most of what we create in our lives is intimacy. It's relationships. It's how we make people feel or how we make people think. It is so much more than what our hands can do. And, and so whether you have a lot or whether you have a little, what you do have is yourself. What you have is your heart. What you have is the ability to speak words of encouragement. What you do have is the ability to speak truth to power. What you do have is the ability to make change. Whether, whether you have a million dollars, five dollars, no dollars. What we have is you. You are the gift to the world. And no matter what you make, no matter what you make, I hope that at the end of the day, what is most important is how you made other people feel, how you contributed to this human project in the world. Tell me about your own mother. What have you learned from her? My mom is a beautiful human who has always walked to the beat of her own drum. She is what some would call flighty, but I would call creative. She, <laughs> she um, is interested in everything. She's interested in everything. In one year, she had decided she was gonna get her real estate license, she was gonna learn to be an auctioneer, and she was gonna learn how to make pottery. She's just a woman who does it all. And so what I have learned from her is to try anything because you never know what might spark joy, what might bring you life, what might make you feel rooted or make you feel like you could fly. My mother, she was the one who never walked the path, literally. <laughs> she would take us to the park on a regular basis and she never let us stay on the path. We were always down in the trees or where that little stream is. And we were taught to appreciate adventure. We were taught to explore the little things. And that is a part of my mother that I still carry with me every day. And I'm so grateful that even though some part of me craves stability, that she has nurtured that little flame that also wants adventure. 
What is love? How would you define it? When I was a kid, I thought love was all about falling. You know, it was all about being embraced and uh, love letters and uh, pretty words and sentences that you've just longed to hear forever. And the older I get, the more I realize that love isn't just tender and gentle. It can also be fierce and angry that you want to protect the people that you love, that you want to fight for the dignity of the people that you love. It is sometimes sacrifice. As a mom, I don't always want to do the laundry (laughs) and I don't always want to make dinner, but often I do anyway. And it's also receiving love because sometimes I don't want to make dinner and I don't have to. (laughs) We will order out or someone else will make dinner. I have realized that love is multifaceted, that it isn't just one thing and it isn't just falling, that sometimes it's also building. It's building a life that you love with people you love. So often when we talk about loving humanity or loving others or spreading love, what people often mean is, can we just be polite <laughs> or can we, can we just be nice? And I believe that spreading love is more than that. I believe that spreading love is doing research. I believe that spreading love is advocacy. I believe that spreading love is standing in solidarity with those who have the least from society. I believe that we must stand with those who are marginalized and that that is spreading love. Niceness and politeness is good. It's not bad. (laughs) I don't want to demonize niceness and politeness, but I think we're capable of more. I think we are capable of standing up for one another. I think we are capable of declaring equal rights for one another. I think we are capable of saying that's unjust when we see injustice. And I think that is the highest form of spreading love. All right, switching gears here a little bit. What is going on with race in America? What's going on? Is anything changing? How are things changing? America has recently been inundated with with news stories about race in America. There have been protests. There have been uprisings. There have been newspaper articles and talking heads all trying to figure out what is happening in America. And if you look closely, I think the answer to that is change, which is what Black women in America have always been fighting for. That when Black Americans arrived on the shores of America, it often came as enslaved people. And it was enslaved people who overcame that system. And then in America, there was Jim Crow laws for a hundred years. And Black women were a part of overturning that system. And here we are today still acknowledging places where our country can be better, where our country doesn't, doesn't have to put up with police brutality anymore and can close the wealth gap and can make sure everybody has an equal education. And being a Black woman in America means being a part of that change. It means demanding change. It means being a full citizen under our laws. And America has a long way to go. But what progress America has made is in large part to Black women. Do you think women have the power to change the world? I think that women have the power to change the world. 
I think women have always been changing the world. I think it's our turn. If there was one thing I think we could do collectively, I think it would be standing in solidarity with one another and advocating for each other's needs. What women need in America might be different from what they need in China, might be different from what they need in Brazil, might be different from what they need in Nigeria. But I think that we have the ability to all come together and say, I'm standing with that woman over there and I'm standing with that woman over there. And if you treat her wrong, you will have to answer to me. I think we have the ability to change everything for everyone because women are powerful. The world doesn't work without us. So it's just a matter of when we'll stand in solidarity with one another and how much we want to get done. I feel like women uplifting women is our mission here at Pink Wisdom. But, you know, sometimes talk is cheap. I mean, how do we actually do it? There are a lot of things we can do when it comes to uplifting other women. One of the things that we must do is listen to one another's stories. Our context matters. Our history matters. What we want to accomplish in the world matters. And so we must be open to hearing one another's stories and experiences so that we can better understand each of our needs. The other thing that we can do is give money. And so often we don't really like to talk about money, but we have to. We we have to because money matters. Our budgets matter. Our, Our giving matters. Our charity matters, but also the systems in which we live and make money or give away money, they all matter. I also hope that we will learn to advocate for one another. Sometimes that means thinking about the way we vote. Sometimes that means signing petitions. Sometimes that means doing research and having data. But regardless, I hope that we will all see that there are real ways that we can participate in one another's lives and making sure that all women have what they need, not just to survive, but to thrive. How do we balance career and home and love? I have been married for 11 years, and I travel all over the country for my job. I write books and magazine articles, and um, it's not often that I'm at home doing laundry. I love my career. I love my work and it often takes me away from home. And I'm really grateful to have a husband who enjoys having a powerful woman at home. Sometimes when we travel for my job, a white guy will walk up to my husband and just say, so how is this going for you? Are you you okay? Are you handling this well? And my husband will be legit confused. It's like he gets a gold star every single time I show up in the world because I couldn't show up and be all that I am without my husband's support, without the support of my partner. He is not just my partner in marriage. He is also my partner in career. He's also my partner in raising our child that we do this together. And so he is not in any way emasculated when I show up in the world. We are just increasing our power as a couple. I want a man like that. We all want a man like that, right? <laughs> Does he have a brother? Hmm? Can we? Can I meet him, please? Please? Uh, we are so 
honored and proud to amplify your voice today. I mean, just saying, you know, Brene, Brene Brown and Reese Witherspoon, they know what they're doing. Austin Channing Brown, everyone. New York Times bestselling author, TV producer, racial justice leader. Austin, thank you so much for being part of our Pink Wisdom Collective. Pink Wisdom is produced by Kevin Seaman and Allison Chase. Engineering today was by Andrew Thomas at Newhouse. Editing and mixed by Kevin Seaman and Chase Nolan. We'll see you guys on our next episode of Pink Wisdom. <laughs>